1: Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast. I am Jason and with me is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Doing well, man. Um, Excited for the discussion of our uh, latest show, Uh, the um, all-time leading scorers in each NBA franchise history and what they say about your team.
0: Yeah. And I think, oh, another sort of underrated aspect of this, too, is that there are a few it sort of works, not necessarily as a, as a season preview all in all, but I mean, there are a few teams that we're going to talk about here that could possibly have new, you know, all-time scores once the season's all set and done. So, uh, kind of interesting in that respect, too. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it was a fun little exercise to look at because it's not something that, it's something you sort of take for granted and you kind of maybe assume some guys that you think are probably there. But, uh, it was kind of interesting in doing the discovery here. It's not always the exact person that you maybe thought it was. And it's maybe not the guy that you think of as the franchise definer. Like a lot of times, there will be a guy who sort of snuck in there, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't expect that guy to be the all-time leader," but uh, it's pretty funny. We're going to explore at least, uh, you know, what, what makes what it says about each team. Like you said, for their, you know, their leading score being X, what does that mean for for the team or whatever? So, pretty fun little exercise.
1: Yeah, and there'll probably be more Sean Kilpatrick than you expected on this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, far more Sean Kilpatrick than I expected. This, that is right. Uh, it's pretty good. A lot as much Randy Smith as you expected, though. So yeah, about as much Randy
1: Smith, absolutely. So. All right, well we will uh we'll begin with um the Atlanta Hawks. Uh in their, their all-time leading score is Dominique Wilkins with um 23,292 points averaging 26.4 and of the uh 30 players who lead their franchises, he is 6th in points per game and 10th in uh, overall points. Uh, I would say he's not the best player in franchise history that would be Bob Pettit who's right behind him in um, all time points, but I think he's safely second best in uh, franchise history. Do, would you would you agree
0: with that? uh yeah no i I think that's definitely um it's definitely safe to say I mean I, I could see somebody making an argument if you wanted for Dominique, but but I feel like Pettit's probably a little bit higher than him, but uh, yeah, at worst second uh, is is basically the way you can kind of put it.
1: Yeah, and Pettit was an MVP, led them to a championship in 58. So, yeah, Wilkins doesn't have any of that. And I think he's kind of emblematic of uh, what the the track the franchise has been on, you know, since the 60s. They've had a lot of good teams in the 60s, in the 80s, and 90s, and and even in the 2010s. Yeah, that 60 win team, they had a couple years ago and you know, a lot of them were really good and you know might have been at least finals contenders in certain seasons but they you know fell short of excellent to the 80s celtics and to the recent Cavs and and the 90s bulls and you know some really great teams along the way so um i i think he's emblematic of that of like wilkins is like an amazing player but he never really got past the second round of the playoffs despite having some really good teams
0: yeah and it's kind of interesting too some of the names that are on here as well like you have joe johnson at six which which that sort of makes sense given the joe johnson sort of track but i uh, got that surprised me a little bit was number eight josh smith i did not expect to see josh smith at that point uh, even though you know obviously he had a very marked career but i mean based off how it kind of ended um and it just—I don't know—it just i don't know it just didn't seem like he was in atlanta that long but then when you remember that he came out of high school and, and, and you know and, and you know it's been there you know 2005 to 2013 or whatever uh yeah it, it is pretty uh amazing there so, no he was 2011 right when he was done with Atlanta, or was it 2013 when he? It was,
1: 20, it was 2013, yeah. Was well, 2013? So. Okay,
0: because he went to the Pistons, of course, with the uh, right. <laughs> that's, did nuts workouts all that? Well, but uh, we won't have to talk about that. But no, I was kind of surprised to see him up there, even though because I mean, he obviously struggled a few of his early years, but uh, seemed to get it together uh, later. But yeah, for him to be as high as he was was uh, was a little surprising to me.
1: Yeah, and uh, also on the list, uh, Lou Hudson was third, Cliff Hagen fourth, John Drew, who we talked about in one of our Overlooked uh, Players episodes, was uh, fifth even ahead of Joe Johnson, which surprised me a little bit, Uh, Kevin Willis, uh, Fast Eddie Johnson, and Zemo Beatty also being on there as well, and uh, the Hawks have actually two players, uh, Wilkins and Pettit, who are over uh, 20,000 points, and there are actually only 23 players who have 20,000 points for a franchise, and half of NBA franchises don't have one, so the Hawks obviously one of the Older franchises, one of the original um, eight uh, NBA franchises that survived the merger years. So uh, obviously they have a longer amount of time to accumulate that history, but still, um, you know, pretty impressive. A lot of teams don't, uh, even as old as they are, don't quite have that. So um, the active leader. Uh, so we're calling active leader uh, the a player who is actually still on the team. Yeah, current, like, currently on
0: that team. You're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, Joe Johnson is technically the active leader, but unlikely he's going to go back to the Hawks. So, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who is 45th on the list with 3,244 <laughs> points, uh, averaging 11.4 points per game. Um, and it, it's going to be a while before he has a chance to uh, make it uh, certainly as the leader, if not in the uh, top 10.
0: Yeah, we're kind of doing a little bit of math here based off in a lot of times for the rest of the teams that we're going to talk about based off kind of their last year output or their last you know full healthy season or whatever. So it, it assumes that they're going to kind of continue doing what they do And for the purposes of the exercise that, you know, it's all we wanted to kind of see is just a big gap between these guys uh, in terms of Schroeder, a uh, little under four years for him uh, to make up the gap to get to the top 10. So I think that's possible if he stays with Atlanta for a while. Uh, As far as taking Wilkins' top spot, I do not think that's going to happen because it will take a little over 14 seasons. So basically, he would have to uh, keep up his production from last uh, season for another 14 years to uh, take over uh, Dominique Wilkins' top spot. So uh, I I don't know if Dennis Trudor is going to be the all-time leader in the Hawks. But you know, hey, 14 seasons. That's not unreasonable, (laughs) Well,
1: he's young enough, I guess. That would be the only thing. Right. That, yeah. Um, yes, uh, I don't think he's going to probably be as effective at 37 or 38 as he is <laughs> hey, now. Uh, now, but I, uh, you know, um, there are there are longer shots than Dennis Schroeder, I would uh, have to say <laughs> on our list. So. Uh, so next, the uh, Boston Celtics with uh, John Havlicek, who um, has 26,395 points, uh, averaged 20.8. He is 15th in points per game among the top 30 leaders and 7th in total points. Um I would say he's not the best player in franchise history, but I would say there's a decent argument. He's among the uh, top three behind uh bird and uh, bill Russell. Uh, we, we talked about that in our uh, big three episode earlier on, um, here. I think him, and, he and Pierce, I think were the favorites for being the uh, top three and Pierce and there is, is right behind him in, um, on the scoring list, Larry bird are right behind them with, uh, Pierce's 24,000 points, uh, bird with uh, 21,000, almost 22,000 points. Um, and, you know, why I, I think what Havlicek says about the Celtics franchise, of course, uh, they and he have a, a lot of rings, and it's, I guess, interesting to note, based on the Celtics history, that he is the only uh, white American who is a franchise-leading scorer among the 30 teams, so... I don't know what that says, but uh, but it says something.
0: Yeah, and pretty secure too. I did not think it's gonna be a while until uh, that's uh, he's unseated as well, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But yeah, no, it's a, it's interesting, and it seems uh, perfect for the Boston Celtics that that, that he is the man at, atop their list. But uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and you know, obviously Russell was uh, you know great. Player, one of the best ever, not a great scorer, and Bird, uh, you know, was was a better player and a better scorer, but didn't play quite as long.
0: Yeah, longevity definitely hurts Bird a little bit. I mean, obviously, he still had a very lengthy career, but yeah, you wonder if, you know, three or four more years he he would have been, uh, at least in in the conversation or right up there with him. But yeah, just a little too much. And and the same could really be said for Pierce. If Pierce doesn't get traded to Brooklyn, he probably does take that top spot. Uh, But yeah, you know, things are what they are, and you know we're going to talk about it a little bit. I think a lot of it is just you know longevity and and, and staying on the team. I mean that that's it. It's just that simple of just kind of doing your entire career with that one team will, will a lot of ways uh, vault you up these lists.
1: Yes, and the Celtics uh, have thirteen players above uh, ten thousand points, which is the most. Uh which is the most of any uh, franchise? Uh, Parrish, Mikhail, koozie Sam Jones, Dave cowens Jojo White, Bill Sharman, Time Hinds, and Anton Walker all uh, making that uh, list. And three of them above uh, 20,000, as we mentioned.
0: Uh, yes, and uh, the active leader, a little bit of a ways to go. Yeah, it's it's Marcus Smart. He's 73rd right now. Uh, he's got uh, 1916 points. I don't think that's going to have no, 1 1116. I don't think it's going to work for him. Uh, 9.3 points per game. It's going to take quite a while. Uh, basically, Another 13 and a half seasons of his current production, and he'll get into the top 10. So, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And I also do not think Marcus Smart is going to keep up his production that he had last year, uh, given that they've acquired a few other people that like to score the basketball. So, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Marcus Smart any, anytime soon is, is going to get either in the top 10 or, or number one. But uh, one thing I did find really interesting, though, before we, we move on to the next team is, is how many of these players Played together in the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is a franchise that had obviously a lengthy history or whatever, but you have, you know, in terms of Kuzi, Jones, Russell, you know, Sharman, Heinzen, all kind of the same era, same team or whatever. Uh, in the 80s, obviously you have Bird, Parrish, McHale. Uh, all right, in there you have a few of the '70s guys as well, kind of lumped in with in terms of Cowens and, and and JoJo White, and then really just the other two are Anton Walker and Paul Pierce. But basically, you know, three eras of, of of Boston Celtics basketball, very successful Boston Celtics basketball. You know, save for obviously the Pierce Walker era, you know, obviously didn't win the rings, but other than that, you're basically representative of those three eras. I mean, obviously, it speaks to the fact that those eras did last quite a while, but it also speaks to the, you know just how great those teams were at that point, especially uh, the '50s '60s teams, which I mean, they they make up almost half this list of, of guys. From that team or whatever, and it speaks as well to how they sort of played uh, their style of play as well, where it was very conducive to a lot of scoring, so it gets kind of these a lot of these guys up there.
1: Yeah, and they were, as we've talked about before, you know, they were really, um, you know, as the shot clock was tutored and the pace increased, they really took advantage of that with, you know, fast breaking and, you know, Russell's ability to turn defense into offense and, and all that good stuff. But, and that's uh, very much, um, you know, shown in, in where they rank historically with all their, you know, great team success. And, and yeah, it really fits the periods in which, they had their most success with Pierce, kind of bridging, you know, both the the you know, years with Anton Walker, where they were pretty good. They went, they had that Eastern Conference Finals in '02, and then of course the you know the the Garnett, um, Allen years, where you know Garnett and Allen weren't weren't uh, around long enough and weren't prolific enough scores at that point in their career to make this list. But you know and Pierce, obviously, bridging those those eras. Yep. Uh, and next, uh, a team not quite with the same amount of <laughs> illustrious success. <I> um, <laughs> Speak for the, yourself. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets um, and uh, Brooke Lopez uh, just barely at the end of the season with four more points than Buck <laughs> Williams at 10,444. Do you remember 8. where 6. you were when this moment
0: happened? Uh, I don't, but I was hoping you did.
1: I was on Twitter when I heard about it, uh, which would have been soon after the moment uh, happened. Of course, Brook Lopez was traded to the Lakers, so he will not be adding to this um, total now. Um, but he is uh, among the 30 players who lead their franchises, 23rd in points per game, 27th in points uh, total. Um it's interesting to list where where you think Lopez is in franchise history. Um, you know, certainly not the you know best player. That would probably be either Jason Kidd or Julius Irving, depending on you know if you value Kidd's longevity over Irving's. You know, only played three seasons with the um, Nets, but they won two championships in there, and he was you know undisputably the better peak player. So, um, but I, I would say top five. You know, you can throw you throw Buck Williams in there. You know, Carter or Jefferson as well. I think are as Well, I don't know if there's anybody else really on that list here thinking. You know, would be among the top five in franchise history, which it kind of, I think, says something about their franchise history, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I think it speaks more to, I, I mean, this is a team that's been around for 50 years, and like the, the names on this list are, 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 guys that, you know, either play just a kind of a cup of coffee with the team, or, or guys that just don't jump off the page. I mean, I think the, the harder issue is trying to figure out who that top Nets player of all time was. Like, like, I, I think you could reasonably, like you said, make a, make a case for Irving, make a case for Kidd. But I mean, otherwise, this list, you got Brooke Lopez, Buck Williams, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, and Jason Kidd. So those top five are all guys, you know, obviously, Kidd and Jeff, uh, Kidd and, um, and Jefferson played at the same time. Uh, Carter and Kidd played at the same time. He comes a little bit later. Uh, and then you have Brooke, uh, you know Brooke Lopez, who comes at the tail end of the Vince Carter era. So you basically just have that. That's 2002 to the present, is basically represented there. And then you have Buck Williams in like the mid 80s. And then the rest of their history is pretty much just out of here. You got, you know, John Williamson in sixth, uh, Julius Irving, as you mentioned, seventh, Kerry Kittles comes up uh, eighth, Derek Coleman, and Chris Morris. I think it speaks more to just that team, man. It's been around for 50 years, and there's just no history. No, like, there's not that guy. There's not even. You know, a few guys that you can say there. There's just a blob of guys that you're like, yeah, I guess uh, whatever. You know, <laughs> Irving in three years, could, uh, justifiably could be the best player in Nets history, which is, is nuts.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, he's seventh all time in on their scoring list, despite only playing there for three years. I mean, that's, <laughs> right. that's pretty in- in- incredible. So. um <laughs> And, and yeah, I would. I definitely say he, he, or kid. You know, you would argue that obviously the most successful periods game with kid and um and, and Irving. So, yeah, and the only t- the only three teams with um points leaders that are lower than the Nets, uh, which, which are the Grizzlies, the Hornets, and the Pelicans, have each existed twenty five <laughs> or or fewer years, and as you mentioned, the Nets have existed for fifty. So, um. And uh, the active leader uh, at 87th, uh, Sean Kilpatrick, with uh, 1237, uh, (laughs) averaged 13.3 points uh, per game. So. and it wouldn't even necessarily take that long for him to make it into the top ten.
0: No, sadly, it would only take him about six years, <laughs> this current output, uh, to make it into the top ten. So again, how is that even possible for a franchise that's been around since 1968? But uh, yeah, I, I actually wasn't sure that Sean Kilpatrick was a real person until I looked it up because uh, you put him on the list, and I was like, ah, I don't—that's not a real person. That's not a real player. But apparently, he is. So uh, yes. Sean Kilpatrick, Brooklyn Nets, uh, six more years. So get on the watch. Uh, the Sean Kilpatrick watch because yeah he he uh, keeps up that thirteen point three points per game for another six years he's top ten so yeah get yeah, on the bad watch out Chris while, Morris while yeah, watch, yeah
1: out. watch out yeah exactly <laughs> SK's coming after you baby all right is that what anyway, the kids call um, they call him SK what what's that
0: is that what the kids call uh, Sean Kilpatrick uh, SK, SK. Oh, okay that's uh, okay. SK that's what the kids are calling him yeah cool.
1: Those yeah, kids absolutely. and their nicknames so, so many they so They do, they, they do. They have nicknames. So if I knew his number, I would say SK and his number. But I, uh, right. I don't know his number. Let's so I'm call not it look twelve. It up so, Let's say he's yeah. twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next, another team, uh, lower end of the illustrious scale would be the Charlotte Hornets. Um, may have also been known as the Charlotte Bobcats. I don't remember that, but that seems to be basketball no, reference of that. I think so I,
0: I, I think you got your. Uh, Sean Kilpatrick's number six, by the way, in case you're curious. For those, okay, there those you story go. story at home. Uh, yeah, yeah, as so far as your Bobcats thing, never heard of it. And I don't think, again, you're making up Sean Kilpatrick and you're making up this Bobcats thing. I don't know what you're doing here, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, why would anyone ever name their team the
0: Bobcats? Yeah. That would right. obviously like be Even ridiculous. if your name so was that, Bob, I still, it's like, it, that, that's that's just pretentious to name it after yourself and like use a cat. You, you know, no, it, it's insane. Yeah. It, nobody would, nobody uh, would ever, ever go through that. No, and no, like make their that, colors so. like purple and blue. And no, it's ridiculous. They would never do
1: that. Yes. Well, the uh, franchise's leading uh, scorer, uh, Del Curry, uh, with uh, w- with 9,839 points. So no one has made uh, 10,000 points in the uh, franchise's history. Averaged 14 points a game. That He's uh, 30th in uh, points per game and 29th in total points among the uh, 30 players. Um, yeah, they have not really, I mean, like, like the Nets, but even maybe more magnified, they've not really had an all-time great for any sustained period. Alonzo Mourning, I would say the... The, the best player who ever who you know played for them for any amount of time was his eleventh in total with uh, four thousand five hundred sixty nine points from ninety three and ninety five. So obviously didn't didn't play that long. Um, you know, the other guys on this list, uh, you know Kemper Walker. He's, uh, he's he's second. He's the active leader right now. He's gonna probably be the number one player soon. And you know, he's, he's a, a good player, but nothing you know not, not particularly not gonna be you know any I'm you know nowhere near like top one hundred and like that of all time. Uh, you know Gerald Wallace who was. Um, you know, pretty good. Larry Johnson, England, Rice, who were both, you know, very good players, but didn't play there real long. Uh, Muggsy Bogues, who's six on this list, despite having an 8.8 points per game uh, average. Uh, Raymond Felton and David Wesley uh, rounding out the uh, field. So not, uh, unfortunately, yeah, the uh, the the Hornets have not uh, <laughs> not not had a lot of, uh, n- not had as much fun as you would have expected here.
0: No, yeah, I was kind of really hoping for uh, Baron Davis to be higher on the list, but... Uh... He Was not, but yeah, as far yeah. as well, so so
1: Baron Davis gets screwed in the uh, the oh, New he Orleans, does, right? Uh, Charlotte thing, oh, yes. right? Yes, so, yes, which I know people people tell us is not confusing, but it's a little confusing sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it, like, it, it's just the Charlotte history, so it's 89 to 2002, and there's like that three year gap, and then it's 05 to, to right, that, okay, I, that I makes mentally, that makes all the sense in the world, but, yeah, yeah, but like, he's still like you know, Baron Davis kind of like he's. You know he's kind of half Hornets and half Pelicans, even though he never played for the Pelicans. You know, he played for the right. Yeah, you know, people the, the people say it's not confusing unless you're
0: trying to do like research for something like this. And it's like, well, where do I put? What pocket do I put this guy in? Or what? What you know? Right. Whose history does this guy belong to? Like Baron Davis, yeah. yeah like to me. He's Hornets, but I can't separate the fact that, you know, half his career is Charlotte Hornets and the other half of his Hornets career is New Orleans and that belongs to the Pelicans. Like that that does, you know, for the purposes of this, like you would think Baron Davis Hornets. Yeah, Baron Davis. No, (laughs) it's not because that they went to New Orleans. And yeah, so it, it is confusing, even though people don't say it. But um as far as active leader Kemba Walker, as you said, he has a real chance uh, to uh, tie or, 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 or beat Del Curry uh, this year to take over the top spot. He uh, only need seventeen hundred, uh, a little over 1,700 points uh, to, to, to tie Curry. Uh, he had 1,830 last year, so I think there's a pretty good chance, assuming health, uh, pretty likely that he will pass Curry this year for the top spot. So make sure you're, uh, you're looking out for that as well and watching every single Hornets game with uh, um, a renewed sense of purpose, knowing that Kemba Walker is soon to be the all-time franchise leader. Charlotte franchise, not New Orleans Hornets, but whatever. Okay, yeah. That's kind of a walker for you. Uh,
1: For what it's worth, if we counted uh, Baron Davis's um, uh, if we counted just his um,
0: his Hornets Hornets, output,
1: yeah. Yeah, Charlotte and New Orleans, uh, he would have about uh, 6,000, slightly under 6,000 points. Okay, so he'd be fifth then. He'd be fifth above Glenn Rice. He'd be fifth, yes. Yes. Slightly above Glenn Rice. So, um... So yes, so for, uh, for for what it's worth,
0: <laughs> I still love you, Baron.
1: Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so um, so yeah, yeah. Kemba Walker's um, he is probably going to be getting into. He, he is going to be probably number one uh, this season, uh, assuming health. So uh, so yeah, I think he's a better uh, all time player than uh, Del Curry. He was you know nice three point shooter and all that, but uh, yeah, when when you're uh, When your leading scorer is Del Curry, that that says something about (laughs) the success that you've had for your franchise. So a little more successful, uh, the Chicago Bulls. uh, And uh, leading the way is uh, Michael Jordan with uh, 29,277 points, uh, 31.5 average. That is uh, second most in points per game and fourth most in uh, total points for a uh, franchise. I think it's pretty safe to say he's the best player in franchise history. Not going to have a whole lot of um, argument there. And uh, I was a little surprised. I, I, I guess they had more players with uh, 10,000 points than I actually expected. You know, the um, of course, Pippen's there. Uh, some of the um, 70s Bulls guys are there. Chet Walker just under uh, 10,000. Jerry Sloan, Bob Love is there. And Luol Deng, uh, actually. Yeah, he, I did. Yeah, I he, would he, not he, have he, expected Luol
0: Dang to be a 10,000-point scorer for the Bulls, but here we are.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, we have um, – Kirk Heinrich played uh, long enough to get uh, to get 8500 points uh, Artis Gilmore with uh, over 9000 and then Reggie Theus with uh, with uh, 8000 and uh, Derek Rose just over uh, 8000 for 10th yep. uh, place so um, so, yeah, it's sort of an interesting list. I, I mean, I, th- I think the, the two times in which the Bulls were really, you know, relevant, obviously, the Jordan years would be, be, be by far the most, but also the early 70s Bulls that we've talked about several times and they're well represented here as well. And then I guess, you know, the uh, the other years of, you know, when Derrick Rose was briefly, you know, an ex- a franchise player and was winning MVPs and the, you know, the um, Bulls were, you know, theoretically a uh, you know, conference championship player. Uh, you know, threat if it hadn't have been for, you know, injuries to Derek Rose.
0: Yeah, and a few of those years, especially the like the early Heinrich and early uh, Dang years, was another you know sort of semi competitive team. I mean, a regular playoff team, if anything. So you know that was the beginning of sort of the rebuild or the you know the the rises from the muck of the Porsche Jordan Bulls. Um, and then yeah, it sort of parlayed themselves then into the Derrick Rose era, like you said. And then uh, Dang obviously got a little bit of benefit of both ends of those um, uh, both those eras. So uh, as far as franchise active leaders, well, since after this after this off uh, it's no more Jimmy Butler. It is. A guy that I would have never, ever in a million years expected to be the active leader for any teams uh, uh, scoring, but it is Nikola Mirotic. At he's forty seventh of in their all time at two thousand three hundred and fifty four. He's got ten point eight points per game right now. Um, he's only twenty six thousand nine hundred twenty three away from topping Jordan. So uh, if we take his career high single season point total, which is rookie year, so yeah, it's depressing. But it was his rookie year. It will only take Mirotic. Only take him another 32 seasons to beat out Jordan. So not too bad. Uh, so, no, maybe, no. you know, set your watch, set your alarm, you know, 32 years to so see what's going on with the Miritich. You know, check in. <laughs> I, I'm going to set my alarm for 32 years
1: right now. Exactly. Do it. Yes. Did
0: Miritich break Jordan's record yet? Thirty-two
1: years, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I, I think that you know, with the Bulls this year, he could score more. Like I feel like he's sure. going to have uh, just a higher role in the offense, so it, it could be like twenty-nine years, maybe. <laughs> right? Maybe know? we could
0: slim it down just, to you know, 28, I'm, I'm, 28 I'm tops, and he yeah. explodes yeah. for thirty points sure. a game or something. Uh, as far as that, it'll it'll still nearly take him ten seasons to get into the top ten as well. So uh, it's yeah. gonna be quite a while for Miritich to uh, do that. But uh, yeah, I do not think that uh, Michael Jordan needs to worry too much about Nikola Miritich taking the spot.
1: Probably not. No. Uh, next, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, number one is uh, LeBron James, might have heard of him, uh, with uh, 20,868 uh, points for the uh, Cavaliers and averaging uh, 27.2. He is fifth in points per game and 14th in uh, in total points among the 30. Uh, safe to say, again, he is the best player in franchise history, not a difficult uh, one there. Uh, and really, I think this list kind of says that You know, he's really the like they've never really been able to get another player, you know, a a secondary player, obviously, like on the level of uh, Pippen with uh, Jordan. Obviously, Kyrie Irving has had a a good career. He's uh, eighth on this list with um, 8,232 points, obviously not going to be adding more to his uh, Cavs total after that trade. As you know, the Gauskas is – Number two with a 10,600, Brad Doherty, a 10,300, Austin Carr with a 10,200 uh, point, points, um, and Mark Price with a, with a 9,500. Bingo Smith, only 30 points behind him at number six. Also on the list are Hot Rod Williams, uh, Larry Nance, and Campy Russell. So a nice mix there, you know, mostly with the, um, other than LeBron, uh, mostly the uh, late 80s, early 90s guys and their other, you know, period of uh, strong success. Um yeah and, and the fact that other than Z there are no players who played with LeBron in that first um you know uh in in that first go around, uh, obviously, kind of speaks to what we were talking about before of not really being able to get a good co star for uh, LeBron.
0: Right, and, and it's going to be pretty interesting too if if LeBron were to leave uh, the Cavs, it, it's really <laughs> you got to go deep then. Then I think uh, you know without looking at it, it's probably a guy like a Kevin Love, right? Like you know, it, it becomes their active leader. So uh, yeah, none of them are above five thousand right now uh, in terms of current Cavs. So. Uh, hopefully LeBron stays because they're uh they're, They'd be in dire in our next year when we do this exact same podcast. I don't think we are. But if we were to and, and LeBron leaves, it'll be pretty dire there for the old uh, Cavaliers.
1: Yeah, not exactly um, a strong list. Yeah. Now I'm 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 curious about who. Oh, it's actually Tristan Thompson. Tristan. Tristan has, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, four thousand three hundred and seventy eight. Uh, he is 20th overall. Uh, Kevin Love, 25th at uh, three thousand six hundred and four. Um uh, yeah. Although Tristan is averaging nine point four points per game, and Love is averaging seventeen points per game, so he might uh, catch up with him uh, reasonably soon on uh, on that. So in a year, it could be uh, it could be Love, depending on how things uh, go there. But um, yeah, so it is uh, yeah, f- four players above a ten thousand. Um, one of them, of course, above a twenty thousand. Um, uh, so. Um, so next, uh, kind of a similar boat in terms of, uh, all time, you know, franchise leaders, uh, with one extremely dominant, the Dallas Maverick with, the uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, 30,000, uh, points, um, for his career, 30,260 to be exact. And, uh, 21.7 average. That's uh, 13th in points per game and third in points out of the 30. Uh, another guy who's clearly the best player in uh, franchise history, not really any uh, debate about that. And, um, There are uh, five players who had above uh, 10,000, Rolando Blackman, uh, Mark Aguirre, uh, Derek Harper, and uh, Michael Finley. Finley kind of being up up that high sort of surprised me. I guess I didn't think of him as being in Dallas for that long. He he kind of fell off before – you know, the Mavericks were, you know, really a championship, uh, cont- I mean, I guess they were kind of a championship contender in the early 2000s, but they actually made a finals. And of course, you know, it was way after that, that they actually won the championship. So I, I, he kind of gets forgotten about there, but he was, you know, every bit as important as Dirk, you know, really in those early 2000s Yeah, and he or very close. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: and he absolutely, I mean, if you, if you take a score, I mean, obviously he started in 1997 and pretty much from the get go, he was their, you know, top scorer, a uh, guy that kind of put the ball in his hands. And even through the first few years of Dirk, when Dirk was still kind of trying to find himself a little bit finley was the main guy so you know he goes from 1997 to about you know 2000 ish as being their top guy and then sort of then takes a step back but also the prolific offenses with you know nash dirk and and him of course uh under don nelson too certainly helped i mean they accumulated a lot of points during that era as well so it makes a lot of sense that he would uh he'll be up there yeah for him to be as high is a little surprising but uh for him to be in the top 10 I, i i'm not surprised by that at all
1: yeah, I, I guess, yeah, not, for him to be top 10, not surprising, but 12,000 was a little more than I was yeah, expecting. Yeah. Josh Howard time. being
0: in the top 10, now that I'm a little surprised, but I know he had a, you know, obviously a couple good seasons, but yeah, he was in and I mean, he's only six years in there and he was already in the top 10, which I guess says a little bit about the uh, franchise's, uh, health before, uh, the Dirk Finley Nash era. Um, and, and, yeah, it wasn't that good because Josh Howard is yeah. already ninth yeah. Yeah, after, you know, six seasons.
1: Yeah, a big list of 80s guys on this, as we mentioned, Blackman, Aguirre, Harper, um, also Brad Davis, who, despite averaging 8.6 points per game, managed to accumulate uh, 7,600 points, and uh, Sam Perkins, of the later half of the 80s, uh, and... Uh, Jay Vincent, tenth on this list with six thousand four hundred sixty-four points. So all uh, all these early to mid uh, '80s guys uh, involved. You know they obviously had you know a period of some pretty good uh, years there, including an '88 um, Western Conference Finals appearance, taking the um, taking the Lakers seven games. So um, so yeah, it, but it was, other than that, not so much. In, of course, until the drug years. So next we have um, the Denver Nuggets with um, Alex English, the leading scorer of the 80s from uh, with uh, for Denver, uh, 21,645 points, average of 25.9 points per game, uh, seventh among the 30 in points per game and 12th in uh, points overall overall. Uh, definitely a candidate for best player in franchise history. I, I might go with uh, with Dan Issel, but you could definitely talk uh, me into that. Even may- maybe David Thompson, if you're just thinking of their absolute peak, because obviously Thompson, you know, with uh, the injuries and drug issues did not have a, you know, particularly long, effective career. But uh, when they were at their best going to the ABA finals, Thompson was, you know, their most important player.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting discussion there between uh English is Thomas and, and or Thompson and then uh, you could probably put Carmelo in there too. I think he has a, sure. a, a reasonable yeah. case. He's, but yeah, there's he's, a few guys you could make it there. Yeah, I think I yeah, I think English is, is is maybe the best one Yeah, it's, it's really hard. A lot of those guys are pretty close. I don't know that I can uh definitively come out with the number 1 right now, but uh yeah, English is definitely uh definitely in the mix.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um yeah, I mean, it, of course he was the all-time leading scorer of the 80s. I mean, obviously uh, the Nuggets are well known for you know being a running gun type team throughout most of the uh, '90s. So they you know piled in points you know maybe faster than a lot of uh, franchise leaders would. But um, I mean, he was a really you know tw- 25 points per game throughout the uh, throughout the decade. That's a that's pretty prolific. That's that's up there in um, NBA history, and he's sort of uh, I, I don't know, maybe a little bit overlooked for you know how uh, prolific he. Um, he, he really was, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Nuggets also have, uh, those guys are above uh, 10,000 points. Also, Ralph Simpson is there rounding out their, uh, top, uh, 10 are Byron Beck, who was part of the, the, uh, ABA years, uh, Fat Lever, we've talked about in the triple doubles episode, um. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf who of course was you know quite a great uh, early nineties uh, scorer, uh nene and Kiki vandawe rounding out the uh top list so uh the active leader though has a little ways to go
0: yeah it's kind of Farid uh, he's twenty fourth right now uh at fourteen uh 800, 800, or four thousand eight hundred fifty eight for him, 11.9 points per game for him. Uh, he's really hard to predict, though, as far as when he'll overtake. I mean, he had three or four years a few years ago where his scoring was a lot more prolific than it is now. So I don't know. Do we extrapolate those numbers or the 587 he had last season? I feel like last season was was real bad for him. So I don't know. Let's just hypothetically, we'll say if we say 900 per season, which is, is more than he's done recently. But maybe he figures it out again or, you know, gets back to where he was a few years ago. It doesn't matter because it's going to take him um a little over two seasons getting in the top ten if he uh, goes back to sort of what he was as a scorer, but as far as taking over Alex English, I mean that seems pretty impossible to take eighteen seasons at Fareed's you know career best uh, to top Alex English, and and it's pretty good chance his career best is is, is done and he's sort of uh, in a regression period now. So yeah, I, I don't think kind of Fareed. Uh, I think maybe an outside chance that he gets to top ten. Absolutely zero chance in the world that he gets uh, to number one.
1: Yeah, and also he's behind um, Paul Millsap now, so that seems l- less likely that he's going exactly, to be, have yeah. a, a bigger role, you know, or maybe a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, uh, possible for top 10, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Kiki Vandewey was a really great scorer, but only played for the uh, Nuggets for four seasons before moving on to uh, Portland, but averaged 23.3 uh, points uh, per game there, so yeah. Um, Next, uh, the Detroit Pistons, um, who uh, the leader is uh, Isaiah Thomas, who uh, had um, eighteen thousand eight hundred twenty-two points, uh, averaging nineteen point two points per game. Twenty-first on the list in points per game, seventeenth in points. Uh, you definitely a lot of people would make the case that he is the best player in uh, franchise history. Uh, that's there, there's some debate uh, level there. I think he's definitely the best player on their best teams, but uh, as we talked about before, the, some of the numbers don't really love what he contributed, but a lot of the, um, you know, the more of the eye test approach or more of the, you know, who was really the leader of those teams, uh, kind of favor him. And we've always kind of taken sort of an in-between position on that, I think, um, but uh, yeah, the, the Pistons actually, of course, when being one of the older franchises, actually do have a lot of players with more than uh, ten thousand points. Uh, and the next on the list is Joe Dumars, Bob Lanier, Dave Bing, uh, Bill Laimbeer, uh, Rip Hamilton, uh, Vinnie Johnson, and Tayshaun Prince, uh, just barely over uh, ten thousand points in his career as a Piston, which uh, honestly very much surprised me. I know he played there for a long time. He 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 had like a, like an eight or nine year stint, and then he popped back in twenty fifteen uh, for with a brief. Uh, return to the team, but yeah, uh, that, that one kind of surprised me.
0: Yeah. Uh, active leader is a little surprising as well, but I, I guess not, but it sort of, I guess, says a little bit about uh, uh, where the Pistons are right now, but the active leader at 31 is Andre Drummond at 5,120 points, uh, 13.3 points per game. Uh, as far as when he'll be in the top 10, in about three or four more years for him at this current cor- uh, scoring pace. I'll uh, we'll get him in the top 10. As far as the top spot, though, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, it's going to be about 10 and a half more seasons until he does that, and uh, yeah, it seems, it seems difficult to extrapolate you know, current Andre Drummond uh, in the NBA in you know ten and a half years. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it, it would take a little, uh, kind of a, I, I'd say a little bit of a miracle for him to be the top, or him wanting to stay in Detroit for as long as he is. And given how his career's gone in Detroit, I don't know that that's uh, going to happen either. So we'll we'll, we'll see how Andre yeah. Drummond goes. But uh, yeah, it's going it's gonna be a while until he's either in the top ten on, and very long until he's the number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty young. So, I mean, I, like if they decide if it works out, he, they could keep him. He, he could rise up those rankings and you would have definitely be in the top 10. But, uh, yeah, obviously, that would be a long time and a lot of things would have to happen for him to uh, get there. Uh, rounding out the top 10, uh, I forgot to mention Grant Hill, uh, just under uh, 10,000, 9,393 points. Uh, and then John Long, um, sort of a forgotten name, was uh, rounding up this list at uh, at number 10. I, he's, he played sort of an interesting two eras in um in the Pistons from 79 to 91 I I think there was a gap there and he he came back but uh it's interesting to uh he goes pretty far back in terms of um you know a completely different era of Pistons basketball and then uh was I don't know if he actually played on the championship team but was there you know kind of at the end of that uh, bad boys run so anyway um next is a very interesting franchise to uh think about is uh The uh, Golden State Warriors and their leading uh, scorer in uh, franchise history is uh, Will Chamberlain with uh, 17,783 and 41.5 points per game. (laughs) Um, He is uh, first in points per game, not surprisingly, 20th in uh, points. And he only played there for, uh, I believe, four and a half or five and a half seasons. So, um, you know, um, it it was obviously playing in an era in which he could, uh, you know, accumulate massive uh, points. Total. And he was, of course, an awesome scorer, scoring 50 points per game one season. Um, and uh, he is just barely ahead of several players, above uh, 16,000 points. Uh, Rick Barry, uh, Paul Arizon, and uh, Chris Mullen, all kind of representing different eras of uh, Warriors uh, basketball, including the uh championship years with Barry and, um, in 75, a, um, mid fifties championship with Paul Arison and, uh, Ian Mullen, you know, with a good run TMC and those, you know, some interesting teams there. Um, then followed by, uh, uh Nate Thurmond and, uh, Steph Curry, who we'll get more to in a second with just over 13,000 points. Uh, Jeff Mullins, uh, Purvis Short and Neil Johnson, all over 10, all over 10,000 points and just barely, uh, Joe Barry. Joe barely uh, behind ten thousand <laughs> points uh, with, with nine hundred with nine thousand. He just cared. If he just cared four uh, points uh, more. Yeah,
0: he would have been there. Tenth
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So they have they have, of course again I another team that's been around a long time, but they have nine above uh, ten thousand for um the franchise. Any, anything else? Uh, anything? Anyone on there uh, stand out to you? Uh, other than of course, uh, Steph no. I was Garten.
0: um you know not seeing. Clay Thompson up there quite yet, but I feel like he, I, I, you know, not looking at the numbers, I feel like he's probably pretty, uh, pretty close. I may mean, do look at the numbers right now just to see kind of where he's at. But uh, everybody else kind of seems about where I would think them uh, to be. I, Steph Curry, we'll, we'll talk obviously about him here in a little bit, but yeah, him being as high on the list already is is pretty cool as well. I mean, obviously he's been there for seven seasons, he's had you know three or four you know super prolific scoring seasons. But yeah, for him to be uh, as high as he is and you know knocking on the door, which we'll talk about uh, again in a sec, uh, knocking on the door of of, of the tops and, and and top in the franchises. Pretty cool to see, especially when that franchise's head is you know Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, Clay's eleven, so he's right. Yeah, he's Clay right. He's got to. Uh, he's got like a eleven 1, hundred points more, and then he'll be uh, over Joe Barry Carroll. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Shouldn't be too hard. I think he'll probably get that uh, this season. So he'll be, uh, so, so Joe Barry will be knocked on yeah. top ten. Sadly, but yeah. So um, yeah, so Curry's not too far away from uh, from Welt. In fact, uh, to be the leading scorer of the uh, franchise.
0: Yeah. No. So Curry, uh, you know, if if assuming he maintains last year's numbers with you know obviously with Durant by his side, he's never going to be the same sort of. Gigantic score that we saw for a few years there, but he's still going to be quite a good score if we assume that. You know, obviously, he keeps up the same production he had last year. Durant keeps up his production or whatever. Uh, we're looking at a little over two seasons, only tops Wilt. So not that long for Steph Curry. Uh, what will be interesting though to see is you know if something if Durant were to get hurt or something like that, if Curry could return to that and maybe accelerate that a little bit. But one way or another, uh, a little over two seasons uh, of Curry staying in, in, in Golden State and he will become um, presumably the, the top score in, in franchise history. So pretty cool.
1: So, um, next is the uh, Houston Rockets, and uh, number one is Akeem Olajuwon with uh 26,511 points, a uh, 22.5 uh, points per game average, 12th in uh among the 30 players in points per game, and fifth among um point leaders. Uh, I would say definitively yes. is the best player in uh, franchise history. There are uh six players with above uh, 10,000 points for the uh, franchise. Uh, Calvin Murphy is next with almost 18,000. Rudy Tamjanovich, Elvin Hayes, uh, Moses Malone, and both around 11,000. And uh, James Harden almost at 11,000 as well, at number six total with uh, 27.4 points per game when he's been with the Rockets. Uh, Rounding out the list, our Yao Ming, Robert Reed, Mike Newlin, and uh, Otis Thorpe. Um, I mean, I I think the most interesting thing here, of course, is – you know, Harden, despite, you know, relatively short career in, uh, in Eastern he's, he's played five years there now, but is, uh, you know, pretty high up on this list. Uh, probably going to be passing, uh, Moses Malone and, uh, Elvin Hayes, uh, uh, pretty soon. Um, probably not going to get there. I don't know. I it, we. I guess you can talk a little bit about whether he has a shot at. Uh, being Yeah, it, one. it's
0: well. I think one in one respect, it does speak to Hakeem's uh, longevity that it's going to take uh, James Harden a little under seven years. Uh, his current production was about twenty three hundred plus points per year. Uh, to 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 top Hakeem, uh, Harden's twenty eight, so I mean seven years at twenty eight, that's you know that's, that's tough to do. It's tough to kind of keep that level of production, and even if he drops off a little bit, you're you're probably adding a few more years onto that. So really, we're looking at you know the chance of seven to ten years it's going to take Harden to to top Hakeem, which again speaks to to just how great Hakeem was, and uh yeah, even Harden in this you know atmosphere of of the current NBA, and in you know obviously the D'Antoni offense the past year or whatever that that you know he's obviously jumped up a little bit and has the potential to jump up for the next few years. But, yeah, still, it's going to take him, you know, you know, seven years at the current production. Probably you're looking at, you know, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range uh, before he's even, you know, really contending for Hakeem. So, uh, yeah, pretty interesting in that respect that, you know, he hasn't been around that long with the, with the Rockets. But I think it, it says more, I think, about Hakeem's longevity and how, you know, dominant and how great he was uh, that, that Harden is still, you know, close, but, but pretty far away.
1: Yeah, and you know if it hadn't been for Aqib, the the Rockets would be another franchise with a lot of players who had incredible short-term success there, but didn't stay there. I mean, obviously Moses Malone won two MVPs while in Houston. Elvin uh, Hayes was a really good player in his uh, first stint there, and then went back to the, toward the end of um, his uh, career. You know, obviously, um, Yao was a great player without a, a lot of longevity and and, and not. Um, and not even making this list, uh, he's 13th overall in franchise history was a Tracy McGrady with just under 7,000 points. So um, uh, actually, it's slightly surprising that he was not there. Of course, we've talked about his injury struggles um, uh, in, in past episodes, but um, – but yeah, just barely outside of there. So, you know, another team where, yeah, they've had the great players, but mostly for short periods of time, of course, with, uh, you know, game being the exception. And it looks like Harden you're going to be a guy who's going to be there for a long time. Yeah, whether he'll be able to make it, because I mean, obviously, I mean, he had one of the great scorings. He's had, you know, incredible scoring seasons for a while. He's going to slow down a little bit, probably with Chris Paul, you know, being there and sharing the ball a little bit more. And of course, as he's getting older, there's no question he's going to uh, slow down. But yeah, I mean, he could, you know, he could play there another eight years or so and be really good and you know could i mean I, I think there's a good chance he'll be number two on this list he's you know about uh 7, or so behind uh the number two guy. i so you know another you know four years or so he's yeah, gonna probably absolutely. pass that so next, uh, Reggie or the well, yes, Reggie Miller of the Indiana Pacers is the uh, the leading scorer in uh, Pacers history. Not surprisingly, with uh, twenty five thousand two hundred seventy nine points, eighteen point two points per game. Uh, almost, uh, actually, more than uh, or very close to doubling up a Rick Smith at number two with a uh, twelve thousand eight hundred seventy one. Um, A couple things that surprised me here. Is it surprising to you that Reggie only averaged 18.2 points per game? And do we think that, I would say with his longevity, Reggie Miller is clearly the, is probably the best player in franchise history. But if you're talking about peak players. There's a lot of guys on this list, I think, who are arguably better peak players than Reggie. Yeah, you, you
0: mentioned a few here, like uh, Roger Brown, uh, Dennis McGinnis, uh, Mel Daniels, uh, Paul George, probably better peak players. I think the thing with Reggie in, in one respect is the 18.2 points per game we look at. Uh, you know, points per 100 possessions, which, which you, you did a little bit of a rundown here in terms of full career if we look at some other scores. Uh, Reggie Miller's at 27.5 uh, points per 100 possessions, so obviously a lot more than his 18.2 uh, points per game. Uh, check he goes to uh, 22.5. Alex English is 30.2. Dirk is 32.4. Isaiah Thomas is uh, 25.7. Uh, and the Dominique is 34.7. So we see some guys who go up a little bit. We see uh, John Havlicek who kind of comes down a little bit. And obviously Reggie Miller goes up a lot uh, when you add a little bit more possessions. And I thought this kind of interesting too, so I decided to kind of dive into it a little bit. Uh, the Pacers' team pace during Miller's career is, is interesting. Here's how they ranked uh, in the league. 16, 15, 16, 7, 5, 18, 22, 25, 27, 21, 27, 26, 15, 25, 7, 10, 26, Six and twenty nine. So really, uh, save for a few years where, where they had a little bit. OK, I mean, they had one year, you know, two years where they were seven and one year where they were fifth. The rest of the time they're they're in the bottom half of the league, almost to the bottom, you know, third of the league in, in terms of um, uh, pace. So he just kind of seemed like he always played on a team, and I, I, again, like I don't know if it's a chicken and egg is because they had Reggie Miller, they played at a slower pace, or they played at a slower pace, and Reggie Miller kind of had to adapt to that style. I, it's hard to say. You know, obviously he had been there for so long, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's an interesting debate. I, I thought he would have had more than that, and he seemed like a much bigger score, and he probably was for the era a little bit bigger of a score if we see you know in terms of the points per one hundred possessions. But overall, it doesn't jump off the page nearly as much as it maybe should, or as much as as we think. We kind of think of Reggie Miller being synonymous with the Isaiah or the. Indiana Pacers and, and and being a great score for the Indiana Pacers and I don't know it doesn't really bear out all that much I mean it was their best score in the 90s obviously and it was a, a semi-successful team but yeah his numbers don't don't really jump out as much as you would sort of assume they would
1: yeah I mean there are the, obviously there are other ways to, to... Measure scoring other than points per game, but it was it was you know pretty low you know considering um, it wasn't like he was providing like great defense or you know other things. I mean, obviously the, the he's known for the stepping up in the big playoff moments and that sort of stuff, and that's certainly very meaningful. But yeah, as far as like being one of the better scorers in NBA history, which I think a lot of people would agree that he is at least for a guard, he's certainly not like prolific in the same way that a lot of these guys are. Even if you adjust for, you know, for pace with the points per 100 possessions, it's, you know, he's, I mean, yeah, he's you know, higher than like Avacek who played in a really fast pace for most of his career, but he's lower than, you know, than you know like Dominique or Dirk, you know, who I would think, you know, that are guys who are, you know, primarily their value came from, yeah. um, from scoring. So just interesting. Um, as far as the guys on the list, uh, Billy Knight, um, Actually, third all time, which is I thought was interesting, uh, was ahead of some of the uh, the, the better players in French history. Uh, Roger Brown was fourth. Jermaine O'Neal fifth. Danny Granger. Uh, George McGinnis was uh, seventh. Just just popped into the uh, Hall of Fame, of course. Uh, you know, part of those. Uh, uh, part of the ABA years, uh, Vern Fleming, who I uh, was not someone I was expecting to be on this list from 85 to 95 with the Pacers, Uh, Mel Daniels, one MVP in the ABA and Freddie Lewis, another uh, ABA vet. So the, so that era is represented uh, pretty well here. Uh, Paul George, actually uh, not in the um, uh, top 10. I forget exactly where he ranked, He was somewhere around like 12, 13 or so, but um, you know, a little bit surprising, but I guess uh, he didn't really uh, uh, play there all that long. And he wasn't necessarily the, um, I mean, you
0: know,
1: he, er, first couple of years in his career, he wasn't yeah. you know, scoring as much as obviously. When Danny he, Granger kind of the was the guy for a
0: few years there, and then obviously he took over, um, shortly thereafter, but yeah, it was, it was it took him a little while. Uh, as far as active leaders, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't worry if I was anybody. Uh, Lance Stevenson is, he's at, uh, 1,953, uh, 58th, and then Miles Turner, who, uh, he's at uh, seven hundred ninety two. Uh, I'm just going to ignore Lance. Stevenson Cause I don't think I don't think it wasn't worth doing the math to figure out Lance Stevenson. That's going to be a while. I don't think that's happening. Uh, Turner though. He would need uh, a little over six seasons at his current scoring pace uh, to reach the top 10. You can kind of assume that he's probably going to score a little bit more now with Paul George gone. So I don't know, maybe you can make that, you know, just about six seasons, maybe five or six or so uh, to get in the top 10. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, it's going to take him though uh, about 20 years uh, to reach Miller's spot. So again, yeah, even if his scoring really gets better, you're looking at, you know what? 18 to 20 years still. So I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to be the all time. But the fact that it's only going to take, you know, hypothetically, you know, five, six years for him to get in the top 10, you know, speaks a little bit to the franchise uh, in their history as well.
1: Yeah, it's going to take some overdrive for Miles Turner to uh, be able to make it into uh, uh, to, to, to make it to that illustrious company. But, yeah, even pop in the top 10 would be pretty good. Um, so next, uh, obviously, you, you know, you want to shoot for Vern Fleming. Right, everybody, yeah, everybody. You yeah, want to yeah. You know, br- break all the records for Vern <laughs> Fleming. Has, so, yeah. Uh, so next the, uh, Los Angeles Clippers, also Buffalo Braves franchise, uh, next is, uh, Randy Smith, uh, might surprise a lot of people to, uh, be in there. Uh, he, uh, averaged, um, point points per game and uh, and had twelve thousand seven hundred thirty five uh, points for total his career, but which of course is you know relatively low considering the length of time the Clippers have been around. But you know with the Clippers historically bad repetition, not exactly that huge of a surprise. Uh, he is twenty seventh in points per game, twenty fourth in total points um, overall. Um, and he played for the Braves from 72 to 78, then played when they moved to San Diego, became the Clippers in 79, and then popped up again in 1983. Uh, he is famous for playing in 906 straight games, and uh, I, I had missed that in our uh, previous episode looking at two-sport athletes, but he actually uh, – in 1975 age 26, he uh, – he tried out for the expansion Tampa Bay Rowdies of the North American uh, Soccer League, uh, indoor soccer, which you kind of briefly had a, um, you know, sort of a, it was a fad, I guess, in the late 70s and it had some success. And uh, unfortunately for him, the uh, the Braves would not allow him to play professional soccer at the time during the uh, offseason. Uh, he did, try, had another tr- couple of tryouts, but it just uh, didn't really uh, happen uh, for him, uh, even though he had been a two-time uh, college soccer All-American. So, Uh, It would have been an interesting um – Venture into a two-sport athlete, but it was uh, yeah. No,
0: I I, I found that exact same thing today when I was looking up Randy Smith. I was like, "Ah, "What did Randy Smith's career do?" And then yeah, I found the fact. I was like, "Oh man, a week too late for this Randy Smith fun fact." But uh, yeah, definitely good there. Um, As far as you know, active leaders. I mean, obviously Blake Griffin is going to be your guy that you're looking at uh, right here. Uh, In terms of how long it's going to take him, you know, assuming health for Griffin, which is a large assumption given you know like Griffin's career. But uh, when he last played 80 games in a season, he had a 1,900 point score in the season. So let's take that number um and and use that just you know really ambitious here we really we really want the Clippers to do it uh take him a little under a year and a half to take over Randy Smith's mark uh he's probably not gonna play 80 games and always be healthy so you know assuming that he has a little bit of a drop off it's gonna be quite a few years but I think you know, provided he sticks around in LA, which I, I guess right now seems a little bit better than it maybe did a few years ago. Um, if he does stick around, he, I, I think will in time take over Randy Smith, but it might take, uh, a little bit longer depending on, on his health and, and, you know, what he can do in, in terms of just staying on the court more than anything. Cause production is going to kind of always be there, or at least it has always been there for Blake Griffin, but it's just a matter of health for, for him, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he's um you know he he's a better all-time player. You know Randy Smith was a good player, but he's definitely a better uh, all-time player. And and uh, I th- I think um On his way to being the probably the best clipper in history, you know, he got that extension, so he's probably going to be there for quite a while. So, you know, probably I would say that's Chris Paul right now, but probably going to, you know, pass him at at some point in terms of longevity and having, he already has been there longer than Paul since he he got an earlier start. But uh, the other guys on this list are uh, Bob McAdoo with, um, with nine thousand four hundred thirty-four points, uh, Elton Brand right behind him. Uh, Corey Maggette, uh then Chris Paul is sixth. The uh, Danny Manning seventh. Uh, Louis Vaught is, uh, is is eighth. Ken Norman is a uh, nine, and DeAndre Jordan is uh, tenth on this list, but only nine point one points per game. I kind of thought he actually scored a little bit more uh, points per game than uh, that, but his are lower than I, uh, than I would have expected.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a little interesting there in terms of that franchise. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. not a, it's not the greatest list of names, but, uh, it, it's the Clippers. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it's Lloyd yeah. is in there. So it's gotten, yes, better it it's gotten much, much better. It's yes. Danny Manning and Lloyd yes.
1: <laughs> go. Yes. So, uh, a better team history, the Los Angeles yes. Lakers, um, led by uh, Kobe Bryant with um, 33,643 points, uh, averaging 25 points uh, per game. He is ninth uh, on this list in points per game, second in uh, total points. Um, best player in franchise history? Uh, I think you and I would argue no. Some would disagree. I think it's a discussion. Are you saying um, some people um, would and, disagree? <laughs> right, a, wait, longevity. hold on a
0: minute. Are you saying that, that people that think Kobe Bryant is, is the all-time would, would be – would would disagree or, or or be apt to argue in favor of Kobe Bryant about anything? Kobe Bean um, Bryant? I, I've uh, heard people do this. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Does he have defenders in know. in in terms of you know fans? I I don't know. I've never I've never sensed that. So okay. Well, if you say so.
1: Hey, they retire. They're retiring his numbers. So <laughs> right. you know he's reti- retiring both numbers, eight and twenty four. Yeah. So it's so great. They have to retire both. Numbers. <laughs> you so
0: did make a good. great joke on Twitter. Um, what, what number are the Miami heat going to retire to, which is my favorite joke ever is the, yeah. the Miami it's, heat retired. Too many yes. numbers. Side swipe is one of my favorite basketball jokes uh, ever. So. Yeah, yes. Um,
1: So, uh, yeah, there are uh, 12 uh, players uh, for the franchise who are above 10,000 points. Uh, Jerry West is second. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right behind him with just over 24,000 points. Elgin Baylor right behind him with uh, 23,000 points. And I I think I mentioned on Twitter the other day, but I I love that Kareem, if you just include his Lakers career, has – More points than Elgin Baylor and just under the amount of points that Jerry West had, which (laughs) is is kind of amazing. I mean, he did play for, you know, like 14 years for the Lakers, but still, um, if you could add that to, of course, his total career numbers, it's pretty amazing. But, um, um, and also Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Shaquille O'Neal with almost 14,000 points, Gail Goodrich, Byron Scott, uh, Jamal Wilkes, uh, George Mikan, and uh, Vern Mickelson of the uh, 50s uh, Lakers uh, were uh, were on there as well at over uh, 10,000 points. So
0: uh, active leader has a little ways to go, though. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson is the active leader. He's got 3,133, so uh, not too bad at 14.2 points per game. Obviously, I think that's going to go down as the Lakers you know, get better. But uh, yeah, it's uh, he's about 30,510 points away from Kobe. Uh, assuming he keeps up his production from last season, which is, is a pretty large assumption, uh, it'll be a little over 25 seasons until he catches Kobe. But uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't think not only maybe not quite. That, so <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Um, yeah, also the Lakers have uh, four players above uh, 20,000 points, which is the most of any. Uh, f- I think there were 23 players overall who have more than 20,000 points with a team. So they have, uh, they have about a fourth, or I guess a sixth of those. So, um, yeah, pretty impressive, obviously. Um, next is the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, led by Mike Conley with uh, just over uh, 10,000 uh, points in his career at uh, 14 points per game, which is 29th in points per game and 28th in points for, um, uh, for this list. Um, he, is he the best player in front of his history? I, it's debatable. I mean, Mark Gasol and, and Pau Gasol are both probably in the list. I think Zach Randolph might get thrown there as well. I think those are the kind of the four guys. I think he's very close. To, I, I, I'd put one of the Gasols maybe slightly above him, but, um, you know, I, I think he, he has a case for, uh, for that. I think he sort of, um uh, what this era of Grizzlies basketball is meant: solid, consistent, reliable, uh, grindy, gritty, you know, I, I think he uh, exemplifies that, so I, I think he's a, a a good stalwart for that, uh, for being on the list um, and Marcus all is right behind him with uh, 9,592 points uh, possible that Mark could uh, pass him he's a slightly higher points per game average so uh, m- maybe with uh, just, a, uh, if they continue both those averages, maybe he'll just, he'll just uh, slightly pass him after a couple more years, you never know
0: uh, Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting there for their, their franchise, but yeah, it's pretty much a collection of just current guys, but they're, they're a younger franchise, so uh. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it kind of goes uh, over time. But yeah, I thought uh, only uh, somewhat interesting, though, is that only one guy that I would consider, you, you know, really a Vancouver Grizzly, or really, uh, I mean, any uh, Vancouver Grizzly, Sharif de Rahim is the only one. The rest of the guys are all uh, Memphis based, which which makes sense because they had, you know, obviously success with uh, Memphis and have uh, been in Memphis now a lot more than they were in, in Vancouver. But yeah, still pretty interesting there.
1: Yeah, I guess I think the move in 01, so that's. Um yeah, I guess 15 years versus five years so uh, or 16 years. So uh, interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. But um, yeah, so um, uh, next we have the Miami Heat. Uh, Dwayne Wade with uh, 20,221 points, uh, 23.7 points per game. He's 10th in points per game, 15th in points among the 30 players. Um, I would argue that if you consider just obviously the longevity of have been here and the, and the success he's had, I, I would say he's the best player in franchise history. You would – I would say LeBron was better at peak, but I would I would weigh Wade's contributions during that uh, LeBron period and outside of it as being slightly better than you know LeBron's just in that you know narrow period. But you know we could we could argue about that, but you know who wants to argue? about Oh uh, yeah,
0: no, not 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 me, <laughs> and I don't think you do either. So,
1: yes. No, not not particularly. So, um, also on the uh, list, uh, Alonzo Mourning with a 9,459, uh, Glenn Rice uh, right behind him, above nine thousand. LeBron's actually fourth, almost eight thousand points. Uh, Chris Bosh with um, almost seven thousand points. Uh, Ronnie Sykle, uh, Udonis Haslam, who is the uh, has the lowest points per game of any franchise top ten with seven point eight points per game, with a uh, sixty four thousand points. The next is Tim Hardaway, Eddie Jones, and uh, Grant Long. So, not really, a, you know the. Um, outside of the big 3 you know not the most industri- uh, illustrious list there i mean glen glen fry was glen rice not glen fry Glenn rice was was very good for a while and obviously Lonzo Mourning morning you know was was great up until the uh, the kidney ailments but um but, yes, the, the big three definitely dominating the, uh, the list.
0: Yeah, as far uh, as active leaders, uh, Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside are the two we're looking at here. Uh, Goran Dragic is at uh, 2,933. Whiteside is at 2,913. Uh, assuming Dragic maintains last year's 1,400-point uh, total, um, he's looking at about 12 more seasons than Whiteside. Uh, it's going to be a while for Whiteside, too. So uh, I didn't even bother looking at those guys. But, yeah, I think uh, I think Wade's safe for, for quite a while.
1: Yes, I would say so as well. So... Uh, next, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, led by uh, Creon Dujabar with uh, 14,211 points, uh, 30.4 points per game. He's third in points per game, 23rd in total points, um, and – over his uh, six seasons in Milwaukee, I would say he is the best player in franchise history. Led them to their only uh, championship and won several MVPs with Milwaukee. I think that's a, a, a fair um, assessment, even though they've had some great success, including in the 80s. That was not necessarily fueled by a single superstar like it was for uh, during that time. They do have uh, six players above 10,000 for the franchise. Uh, Glenn Robinson, Sidney Moncrief, Michael Red. fourth. He was a little higher than I expected, honestly, with 11,000 points. Bob Dandridge right behind him, Marcus Johnson above ten thousand, and then uh, Junior Bridgman, Brian Winters, uh, Ray Allen, and Terry Cummings uh, rounding out the uh, list uh, at uh, above uh, nine thousand points. So uh, obviously a, a very good list there. Ray Allen probably been you know it was really good for the Bucks. Right, would have been higher if he'd uh, well, he definitely would have been higher if he'd stuck around uh, there. You know, in another uh, you know probably. Uh, Probably Hall of Famer on uh, this list. Yeah, other than that, I mean, it, actually, other than Kareem, there is no Hall of Famer on this list. Though there's guys who I think uh, we talked about Sidney Moncrief before should be Hall of Famer. Bob Dandridge should probably be Hall of Famer. Marcus Johnson should probably be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think Rayon will be. Uh, so uh, it's kind of interesting the three really underrated guys on this list and they all have been playing for Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, and as far as an active leader, uh, we, we got a little we got a little conversation here uh, in terms of Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is your active leader. He's 21st right now. Uh, 4,700 137. Uh, how far? soon he can become the top 10 or even the leader. It's, it's pretty interesting here. He's uh, he's currently only 9,474 away from, from Kareem, so he's not too far. I mean, that's, that's a lot, but that's not insane. Uh, last year at 1,800 at age 22, so uh, if he keeps that up and obviously he keep, if he stays with the franchise, I mean, age-wise and, and production-wise, I feel like he can stick with it. It's just a matter of sticking with the franchise. Uh, he can be the top in a little over five years. Uh, he can be the top, but as far as uh, top 10, a little over two and a half seasons, and he, he'll be in there. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, how that progresses. And of course, if he sticks with the team, um, what that can say. And, and, and really he could become, you know, one of the franchise best <laughs> if he sticks around for a while, but uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be the big question there. If he, uh, if he hangs around.
1: Yeah. There's definitely a realistic, realistic time frame for him to do that. Obviously. I mean, you know, no, doesn't seem like there's any reason why he wouldn't stick with the franchise, but of course you never know what's going to happen with, uh, with things. But um, next to the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Kevin Garnett, not surprisingly way ahead of anybody else. Uh, 19,201 points with the uh, Timberwolves and 19.8 points per game he's 18th in points per game 16th in total points uh very definitely the best player in franchise history um he's the only player with more than 10,000 points for the uh, franchise uh of any other players who have 5,000 points there's only four others uh Sam Mitchell Kevin Love uh Wally Zerbiak and Doug West um are up there so uh, obviously they've not been around as long as several franchises but the fact there's only five guys on this list is uh is telling um However, Andrew Wiggins is very close to uh, being so going to cross 5,000 points, uh, only five points away from that. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns, further down on the list, but certainly another guy who's uh, 15th right now and likely to sneak into the uh, top 10. uh, Yeah, so um,
0: as far as Wiggins, he was at a 1,900-point scored pace last year. He would need about seven and a half more seasons of that, Uh, and then Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, the two thousand point pace where he was last season would uh, need a little under eight seasons. So it'll be interesting to see uh, those guys if they stick around with the franchise and, and and keep up their current production. Uh, they both have, I, I think, semi reasonable chances given you know their ages and and where they are in their careers. Again, similar to Giannis, this is just going to be a matter of sticking with the franchise uh, for a length of time is going to be the most important factor here.
1: Yeah, and health, health too, obviously. of course. Yeah, 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 as well. But yeah, 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 obviously, yeah, yeah. But um, but you know, I think yeah, you know, and you know um. Towns, and it, I think it's talented enough and Wiggins probably talent you can you obviously can score if nothing else, so um, certainly a, a possibility of that, um, another franchise we already talked about their tricky history the um New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, since 2003, we are uh, evaluating them, and their leading scorer is David West, uh, 28th in uh, points per game, 30th in point total. The the uh, total points is um 8,690 and 16.4 uh, points per game. Uh, definitely not the uh, best player in Purchase history, although he, he's probably top three or four. Uh, Chris Paul and Anthony Davis, who are right behind him in the uh, the, the scoring total, would be um, there. Uh, interesting that, uh, of course, West and Paul were both Hornets and not Pelicans. So actually, Anthony Davis is the uh, only uh, <laughs> true Pelican on uh, on this list and um, is the active leader. And it's probably pretty close to actually becoming uh, number one. Yeah, on this
0: he, list. Uh, he's only about a 1,193 away. Uh, he had 2,099 left. Last season, uh, and he's had thirteen thousand or more, or thirteen hundred more uh, each of the last four seasons. So he almost surely, as long as, he, as he's not traded or, or, or something goes awry, uh, he'll become the number one this season. So uh, provided, yeah, provided health, and he sticks with the team, uh, he will take the top spot as the New Orleans franchise uh, leader.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it, it would be very surprising if he I mean, eventually maybe could leave the team, but it'd be surprising. Yeah, if exactly. Yeah, so
0: so know. he's um, another guy to keep an eye yeah. on for the rest of the year. So the Hornets and the uh, <laughs> the Pelicans are going to have. Possibly new leaders soon.
1: Ah, yeah, it's, yes, yes, uh, there you go. It just <laughs> confuses even more. Uh, next is the uh, New York Knicks. Um, and the leader is uh, Patrick Ewing with uh, 23,665 points, uh, pretty far ahead of uh, of Walt Frazier with uh, almost 15,000 points uh, a long time. So he's kind of blew the way the competition, but has a great longevity, obviously, 20 eight twenty. 20- points per game which is 11th among the 30 players ninth in uh total points Uh, i would say probably is the best player in uh franchise history because of that longevity although you know Frazier and reed both have um who are two and three on the list both you know, have, have a case we could discuss they actually have seven players with uh, above uh, 10,000 for the franchise uh, Allen Houston was fourth which which kind of surprised me at um, 11,000 uh, Carl Braun next um, pl- who played from the uh, late 40s through the early 60s I think he was not on the team that entire time but most of that time uh, Richie Guerin and uh, was sixth uh, who was a great scorer in his day Carmelo Anthony is a seventh and who is crossed 10,000 and then rounding out is Earl Monroe uh, Dick Barnett and Bill Bradley who are all over a 9,000 a points. And, um, and, and yeah, um, other than Carmelo, you know, who it's, of course, it's kind of a question about how long he is going to be with the uh, franchise. If he, um, sticks with the team, at least for this year, he definitely has the opportunity to move up, uh, in those uh, ranks.
0: And then, uh, Further down from that, it's going to be a while. Uh, Yeah. So, Porzingis, he's the active leader right now. He's seventy second, two thousand two hundred twenty four points. He's quite a ways away. It's uh, if we we use his pace from last season, it's going to take about eighteen seasons for Porzingis to do it. So, unless he becomes a a way better scorer than we imagined, or you know, suddenly turns it on and becomes just that much better of a scorer, or he's just a guy there that's on in that franchise for you know the next twenty years or whatever, uh, it's going to be a while for him, and uh, I I don't expect. Uh, Porzingis to be uh with the Knicks for another 20 years so we'll uh we'll see but it looks like for now patrick Ewing is safe uh, so I
1: mean he averaged um 18 points per game last year so i you know, I could see him getting into like the low to mid 20s you know as he really becomes yeah and kind as, of the as, guy you know there. when so,
0: Carmelo it, you know departs you know inevitably when he departs yeah he'll bump up a little bit there so I mean yeah you probably maybe can can shave a few years off that but uh or maybe a year or so off that but yeah we're still looking at you know 16, 17, 18 seasons for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at 15, you're looking at incredible longevity, you know, being with one franchise for his entire career, <laughs> especially the Knicks, rare, yeah, especially, especially for the Knicks. So <laughs> yes, the Knicks. So, given,
0: given yeah. you know, the Knicks, it's uh, it seems unlikely that, that he's going to stick around, but well,
1: the fact that Ewing was able to do it, you know, <laughs> is, Testament um, to Batman, it's yeah. remarkable. So, uh, and didn't even in, obviously left late in his career, but he was there <laughs> for that long. So, yeah. Um, Next is the uh, uh, the Sonic's Thunder uh, franchise. Of course, weird to have their histories mixed, but it is it is. People get very it upset when is, you do so, this, but uh, um,
0: it's true. It's the way they do it. Well, so
1: sorry, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it isn't quite. Yeah, obviously, the Thunder don't r- really honor the Sonic's history or recognize in particular. We understandably, given the situation, I guess, but. Um, Anyway, uh, so leading the way, Gary Payton with um, 18,207 points, 18.2 2 points per game. Uh, he is a 25th in points per game, actually tied with Reggie Miller on of the 30 on the list and 18th in total points. Um interesting discussion on best player in franchise history um because of course we we have Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook uh right behind them in, in scoring total a uh, Durant left just before he was able to uh, uh break that he's about 700 behind Peyton for that obviously not going to do that uh and Westbrook is a couple thousand behind uh Durant so um and seemingly very likely to um just uh you know break that we'll you'll we'll get to that in, in a little bit but um I would say Durant is the better, the best peak player of them. Um, Westbrook obviously will be with the Thunder at least for you know another season. He's going to be for agent and, and possibly for longer, so he could uh, break that as well. But Peyton has better longevity than the uh, two of them, so that's uh, interesting little discussion. Yeah, uh,
0: I, in terms of I, I don't, yeah, it's 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 hard to say. I think, man, <laughs> it's. Uh yeah, it, it, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I, I think Westbrook is gonna sort of take that over uh, pretty soon. But yeah, I, I guess would would you go, Gary Payton, right now?
1: Um, hmm. I would actually probably go to rant right now, okay. but I but I think Westbrook's probably going to pa- pass him with longevity. Now, if if Westbrook only plays one more season, then uh, that's and then leaves and goes somewhere else, then that that's a really interesting discussion because I would just think the three are kind of all like right at a similar level um in terms you know because i i think yeah, Durant's the rants the best peak player although what rest did last year was pretty amazing and um and peyton is was more like a, a tier below but did it for a longer period of time and he, the way that he he was the best defensive player of the threes and that you, you know i don't know and and let them do i mean Durant and Westbrook went to a finals too so that's hard to uh i don't know i don't know where exactly where i stand on <laughs> I that like
0: as far as um you know, active leaders, of course, Westbrook, uh, we mentioned, and, and he's going to... It seems pretty possible he's going to do... We're a very pessimistic podcast, by the way. We're basically, like, every guy that's good on a team that's not great. We're like, Davis is gone, this guy's gone, Giannis is leaving, this guy... We're just basically assuming everyone's leaving, but uh, we'll see here in a little bit. But Westbrook, if he stays, uh, it's going to get awkward here for uh, the Sonics fans, because he's only 3,051 away. Uh, he had uh, 2,558 last season, so... Uh, you know, that's going to go down, obviously, with Paul George this season. But even if we put that down to 2000, it's only going to take about a season and a half for him to pass Gary Payton. So if he stays with the franchise, even for another two years, I think it's pretty likely that, that he's going to become the number one. Mm
1: hmm. Uh, for what it's worth, the rest of the leading scores in the franchise history are all uh, Sonics, uh, Fred Brown with about 14,000, uh, Jack Sigma with 12,000, Richard Lewis just over 10,000, Sean Kemp also just over 10,000, uh, Gust Williams with uh, with 9,600, Dale Elvis and Xavier McDaniel to rounding out that list. So a lot of, of course, the, some 90s players, uh, Richard in the uh, 2000s. Um, I, I'm actually a little surprised Ray Allen didn't quite uh, make that uh, list, but I guess he did not play for the uh, Sonic for all that long so um, but uh but there you go and of course some of the uh, the great players from the 79 championship uh and next uh is the orlando magic um and dwight howard leads the way with um 11,435 points 18.4 points per game he's 24th in points per game 26th in total points among these 30 players um uh best player in franchise history. I, th- this is an interesting question. Um, I would say probably not, even though he played longer than, you know, Shaq or McGrady, or I think the impact that they had, I would probably put Shaq at the uh, top of this uh, list. He is a fifth on the list of most points with, uh, 8,000, despite, you know, only playing four seasons. White played there for, I think nine seasons. So, uh, or eight seasons. So, um, you know, it, it's a debate, but I would say probably not.
0: Quite. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another interesting one as well because there's not really a guy that that jumps out, and it just seems so icky to say Dwight Howard. You know, it's uh yeah, I, it, man. T-Mac just seems like he was there for a lot longer too. You know what I mean? Like especially this week and and you know kind of reliving his career, he seems like a guy that was there uh, forever, and he was really only there you know four seasons. So it's it's, uh, it's 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 tricky there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's Dwight Howard, but that just that feels icky. I don't like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah. So uh, also crossing the ten thousand uh, threshold is Nick Anderson. I, w- I would say might be the worst <laughs> to ten thousand points uh, for any franchise player uh, uh, on this list. I mean, he was a fine player, but but not you know. Uh, you know, when he's the only other guy with ten thousand points, it says something about your franchise history. Which you know, basically the biggest stars have not lasted. Tracy McGrady is third. Jameer Nelson is fourth. You know, was there for a long time. Shaq, as we mentioned, is fifth. Hita Turkoglu is sixth, and um, Penny Hardaway seventh with uh, just over seven thousand points. Uh, Dennis Scott, Daryl Armstrong, and Nikola Vucevic uh, rounding out the uh, list.
0: Yeah, and he's he's our active leader right now, and uh, sadly he's nearly halfway there. He's only ni- uh, five thousand nine hundred eleven uh, behind. Assuming last season's output of one thousand points. Uh, he'll be there in a little under six seasons, but uh, yeah, he's regressing pretty fast as well, so I, I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but uh, yeah, this is, a, this is kind of a sad franchise, <laughs> it's the Magic, so move on to better times with the, our next team. Angry or uh, uh, they our know, they fans know, fans. come he on, like a, they don't know that
1: their the franchise, franchise is sad,
0: they, they're aware of it. Oh. Oh. I like the Magic, I always wanted I the Magic mean, it to just, be good, they, but it's just like, you know, you yeah. know,
1: yeah, yeah the had, last like, last, yeah. you know, post oh. to eight
0: years have been, it's like, all right, we're ready and we suck again. All right, sorry. <laughs> like, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding yeah. and yeah. we suck. Sorry. <laughs> no good. Nope. Restart, restart. Yeah.
1: Well, they're not quite at the Kings. No, yeah, exactly. The, least, so there's one way. Yeah. So <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. that's what their yes. slogan is this year. We're not go. Go.
1: the Kings. Yeah.
0: Orlando Magic. Yeah. At least we're not the <laughs> Kings. Not the Timberwolves, actually, probably. Yeah, good exactly. This they year, can't use the Timberwolves anymore. Finally. At
1: least we're not the Kings. It's true. Yes. So next we have the the Philadelphia 76ers of course with the Syracuse Nationals as well. Uh How Greer is your leader at uh, 21,586, uh 19.2 points per game. That might surprise a lot of people obviously with uh Iverson, uh Dr. J, Walt Chamberlain all on the uh franchise, but How Greer is actually your leader and we've talked about it before. Well, you know, probably not the best player in franchise history. In fact, I-, I would say certainly not, but a really excellent player, had a lot of uh, all NBA appearances during this time, you know, one of the best guards of uh, of his air, and of course, you know, an important part of that uh, 76 uh, or 67 rather championship team. Uh, rounding out all the list, also, uh, second was, uh, was Iverson, which is under, under 20,000 points, uh, Dolph Shays, uh, Julius Irving, with just over 18,000. Charles Barkley is actually fifth on here, and you always kind of think about his 76 years tenure as, as fairly short, but he actually, you know, did. Did quite a lot in those eight seasons. Uh, Billy Cunningham, uh, Red Kerr, Maurice Cheeks, and then Andre Iguidala. We we're kind of surprised that he was uh, ninth on the list, and then Chet Walker uh, rounding it out.
0: As well. uh, yeah, and as far as our active leader, uh, number fifty-seven, Robert Covington, at two thousand six hundred sixty-five at thirteen point one points per game. Uh, he vaulted up the board a lot of in a lot of ways due to the process. He was kind of there for the entire thing, and you know he's one of the unearthed gems of the process. But uh, yeah, he's he's you know eighteen thousand back, a little over a little under nineteen thousand back uh, and you'd imagine his output is going to shrink considerably over the next few years as the team kind of gets better and there's an influx of talent and guys like a Ben Simmons come in and Marco Fultz and those sort of guys so uh even if he maintains the output that he's been doing right now of 860 points uh, per season uh it'll take 22 seasons so that's uh it's gonna be a lot of processes for uh, uh Robert Covington so yeah, I don't uh, don't think that's happening yes uh
1: so next is the uh the Phoenix Suns with um Uh, Walter Davis may be another surprise to some people uh, with a 15,666 points and a 20.5 points per game average. He's 17th in points per game, 21st in uh, points. Um, And um, it's really interesting with the Suns because I feel like this is a reflection somewhat on them is that they've had – like they are the winningest franchise I believe in NBA history that has not won a championship and I think that says somebody like Walter Davis who was you know really good for quite a while but is sort of unheralded in NBA history and is you know not necessarily the first person I would think of in terms of this list although because I would say there are several players who are actually better than he is who are you know not who, who, even you're not quite as good at scores, but you know more complete players uh, on than this. But it's just sort of he's, uh, I think, emblematic to a certain extent of the franchise's history because it's just kind of hard to. They've had a lot of really good teams, but not a lot of like, um, you know, uh, super memorable teams. Yeah, no, no, no real
0: dynasties teams. either. Like you have little blips here and there. You obviously had the Nash, yeah. uh, the, you know, the eight seconds or seven seconds or less teams. Uh, yeah, that that was a memorable team. So obviously that,
1: that that's not right to, to say that they, that wasn't memorable. But but obviously, yeah, they did not. You know, they were exactly. The yeah, I mean that's that probably the closest you have.
0: There. And then of course you have the blip in the '90s with with, uh, with Barkley and you know a little bit of the early '90s. But yeah, it's really just kind of been a franchise that's been hard to define by one uh, team. I mean, I think I would say the seven seconds or less team is probably their you know most you know poignant or, or their their biggest dynasty or whatever. But other than that, it really hasn't been, and it really hasn't been a star uh, driven thing either. Because even that even the seven seconds or less was you know Amari Mary and Nash it was kind of the the sum of all parts versus you know a superstar putting them on their back and and, and dominating and I think that kind of gets reflected here in in Walter Davis being the man you know you play 10 seasons with the same team and, and you're kind of the top of the list of this so
1: yeah and Alvin Albums right behind him who played you know basically during that same era as well um, you know with almost 14,000 points and then Kevin Johnson you know who I think is one of the better players of, you know of course with with that uh, 93 team and throughout the entire 90s when they were very good for that time and they were really good in that you know the, the those late 70s you know into the 80s for most of those years they were a pretty effective team as well uh, Sean Marion is fourth uh, Dick Van Arsdale is uh, fifth uh, Amari Stoudemire is uh, sixth the prolific score of course but you know not the longevity there. Uh, Steve Nash is seventh, of course, great player, two MVPs, but not you know not the greatest scorer. Uh, then rounded up by Paul Westphal, Larry Nance, and Dan Marlowe. Yeah, and as
0: far as uh, active leaders, uh, I guess in a way surprising, but not necessarily. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, he's 26th right now, uh, 4,162, uh, averaging 18.8 uh, points per game. Uh, he's surprisingly still about 11,000 away, so if he keeps up his pace that he had last year, which was about 1,300, uh, he'll be tops in a little under nine seasons, and he's only about three seasons away from getting into the top 10 so again provided he sticks around with the team a possibility but he's a guy who who's a little older than you would, not, would probably think eric bledsoe is so yeah i, I don't see him ever uh get into the top spot but it, but it seems reasonable that he could get in the top 10
1: yeah he's 28 so yeah that's um yeah he top 10 certainly is possibility but yeah probably not uh not getting there yeah Witherhill, of course with the timeline that they uh the franchise is is on you know um it, it could be leaving you know before uh before long. And they we're always pessimistic about guys leaving the team, but I, I don't think some fans are going to mind that one, no. one so much. Yeah. You know, they're looking <laughs> for brighter days in the future, yeah. Um, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Clyde Drexler leading the way with 18,040 points uh, and uh, 20.8 uh, average, 15th uh, in points per game, tied with Havlicek and uh, 19th in total points. I would say he's clearly the best player in franchise history. I mean, obviously there's Walton, but he really only played, you know, a – A short time with the uh, franchise, I think Drexler's longevity, you know, puts him above that. And they did make two finals with Drexler as their best player. So, you know, he's he's close to that level as well. Um, They've actually had six players above uh, 10,000 points. Uh, LaMarcus Altridge uh, second, Uh, Terry Porter right behind him, Cliff Robinson. Uh, Jerome Kersey, Jim Paxson, all over uh, 10,000 points. Jim Paxson always kind of surprises me on that list because I don't think of him quite as that good of a player. Uh, then Jeff Petrie, Michael Thompson, Rashid Wallace, uh, Sidney Wicks, and right behind Sidney Wicks, two points behind Sidney Wicks, is actually uh, Damian Lillard, also the uh, the active leader on the Yeah, and he's
0: team making a well. pretty good charge. He's only about 9,160 away. So we had a 2,000 last season. So, you know, if he keeps that up. Uh, which, you know, he might fall a little bit, but I I feel like a Damian Lillard could probably keep up around that pace or, or near that pace uh, for the next few seasons. Uh, four and a half seasons for him, and he'll be number one. Uh He's already top, or, t- or he's just below top ten, but I've, I think he's going to score two points next season. I'm uh, presuming he doesn't, he doesn't belong in the preseason. Damian Lillard will score two points uh in the next season, and if he does that, uh, he's going to pass a few guys uh, this season as well if he has his normal production. I'd probably end up, I I don't know, maybe even fourth by the time the end of the season, or at least fifth. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely vaulting up the leaderboards and, and yeah, it's going to take a little while to get up to Drexler, but, uh, he's definitely in the, he's in the conversation and, and should be there pretty soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's 27. So I think he's, you know, got a shot at, he would probably be more like five or six years, but I think that's not completely unreasonable for him. And he certainly, I think he's on track to be number two for, for, uh, for yeah. definitely. Uh, so next are the, um, are the uh, Sacramento Kings slash uh, Rochester um, Cincinnati Royals, Kansas City Kings, lots of cities and, and names for the uh, that franchise. Don't forget uh, Omaha as well, the uh, Kings, Kansas City, Omaha Kings. Anyway, uh, number one, Oscar Robertson with uh, 22,009 points um, and a 29.3 p- points per game scoring average. He's fourth in points per game, 11th in points total. Uh, clearly the best player in franchise history. Um and interesting that they've only had four players above ten thousand points, despite uh having such a you know being one of the original teams that we talked about. Those besides Oscar are Jack Twyman, uh, Mitch Richmond, who uh, had just over twelve thousand points for the Kings, and uh, Tiny Archibald, who who had almost eleven thousand points. And then after there uh, fifth is Sam Lacey, one point behind him before he got traded, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> so just one point behind Sam Lacey didn't it couldn't quite get it there. Uh, Akovich, um, um, and uh, Jerry Lucas, uh, Eddie Johnson, and uh, Scott Wedman uh, rounding out the uh, list uh, there. So interesting list. Of course, the Kings have uh, mostly struggled historically. Um uh, uh, after they've you know, had the championship in '51, they had some good years, of course, with Oscar and uh, Kansas City. For the most part, they did not have strong uh, seasons. And then, outside of that early '2000s period, not much in Sacramento, unfortunately, as well.
0: Yeah, and as far as their active leader, I mean, obviously with cousins going away, it uh, gets a little <laughs> gets a little dicey here. Uh, their active leader at 124 is Willie Cauley Stein, <laughs> 1074, uh, 7.6 points per game. So yeah, this is uh, this is not fun. Uh, he's twenty thousand. Nine hundred and thirty-five away. Uh, he had six hundred eleven points last season, so he'll be waiting about 30, uh, thirty-four years uh, to beat Oscar Robertson, and about thirteen more to get in the top ten. So, uh, even if he you know scores a little bit more next season, which eh, I don't know, I guess he maybe could. I uh, maybe we can put that down to thirty-two seasons until he can uh, beat Oscar Robertson. But uh, yeah, it's going okay. it's it's <laughs> to be a little while yeah. for uh, Willie Cauley Don't put that in your phone. I, I, I'm not betting that one very much. I forgot who the other one that we said put in your phone, but okay. that okay. guy All definitely right. put in your phone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Nicole Yeah. Um, Yeah, That one to lock in, but Willie Colley Stein, Eh, eh, I wouldn't do that quite yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Next, uh a little bit better on the uh, spectrum than Willie collie Stein, uh, Tim Duncan with the uh, San Antonio Spurs he, with uh, twenty six thousand four hundred ninety six points, uh, nineteen points per game. Uh, he has twenty second in points per game and sixth in total points. Uh, I would say clearly the best player in french history. Although they've had obviously a number of great players, David Robinson and uh, George Gervin as well. All three of those are above uh, twenty thousand points. They have six players above ten thousand. With uh, uh Tony Parker who is about eighteen thousand. I guess maybe could uh, he's kind of, kind of at the end now and I. I think he's injured at least for, to start the year, but, um, a possible candidate for 20,000 points in his career, uh, Ginobili with about, with over 13,000 and James Silas with, uh, 10,000. Then you got Mike Mitchell, Sean Elliott, Larry Keenan, and uh, Kawhi Leonard as 10th with, uh, 6,500 points. Um, so, uh, gonna, gonna be, gonna be a little while for him, but you can talk about that in a, uh, moment, but of course, you know, a, uh, I, uh, quite an illustrious top of that list. Yeah, so,
0: active leader, obviously, Tony Parker, but I, I I don't, uh, I don't think Parker's gonna have much of a contest. So, we gotta take him off the list there, but uh, let's look at Kawhi Leonard, though. He's 10th. Um, he's interesting because he's about 19,988 away, which is, is quite a lot. Um, it's going to be really tough for him. I mean, Duncan, I mean, you forget just how awesome Duncan was for as many years as he was. Uh quite has a chance of doing it if he sticks around with the franchise for, for quite a while uh, and continues being, you know, as productive as he is. But the fact that he had kind of had a late start and that his scoring isn't necessarily it's, – it's very good, obviously, this year, but it's not like it, – I I don't expect him to be, you know – 25 a game for the next you know 10 years or whatever I think that's really tough to to, to assume that so uh, yeah he's still quite a ways away I I, I don't know yeah I, I didn't do the exact math in terms of him because uh, it's just pretty nuts how far Duncan is uh, ahead of uh, of Kawhi and, and anybody else really at this point for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would take a, a, at least 11 seasons from last year's pace, which would be you to know, put him at 36, okay, and last yeah. year was, you know, uh, 25 points per game. That's that's pretty rare. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he could get better, but yeah, that's um, – I mean, it's not impossible, but it's – expecting that would, of course, is – you know, would be uh, pretty ridiculous. But yeah, he, I'm – I think there's a good chance, in fact, a very good chance that he'll get in that uh, you know 10,000 club. He's only you know really three years away from that, and um, and very possibly could be in that 20,000 club by the time you know uh, all is said and done. But as far as you know passing Duncan, that's uh, uh, that's a lot to ask. Uh, next, the uh, Toronto Raptors. Um Leading the way and also the active leader, uh, DeMar DeRozan with 11,456 points, uh, 19.3 points per game. He's 19th among these uh, in points per game, 25th in points. Um, And uh, interesting discussion about who the best player in franchise history is. I don't think it's DeMar right now. But if DeMar sticks around with the team for long enough, I think it could be one of those things where the longevity outweighs the peak and he would pass, you know, Bosch and Carter at some point, but I think that's and, and, and Lowry at, at some point as well, depending on how long Lowry sticks with the team. So I think that there's some interesting discussion to be had there.
0: Yeah, as far as those guys, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, DeRozan, I think when it's all said and done, probably will be the man um, there. But yeah, it's again, it's a franchise like I want to say Vince Carter, but like I'm, I'm sure most Raptors, I think they've kind of given it up now, but uh, most Raptors fans would probably be a little upset by that but i feel like carter is still the guy but yeah it, it, it's it's becoming a little bit more of a discussion i mean bosch is a guy who obviously had a very you know quite a few great years as well um but i i feel like when it's all said and done it's going to be de rosen but right now I, I i think i would go vince carter
1: yeah. yeah 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 bosch is number two with uh just over ten thousand points carter had nine thousand four hundred twenty points uh, so not quite a uh, uh number four on the list Andre yeah, yeah, wow. with six thousand five hundred eighty-one points yeah <laughs> um, uh, Morris Peterson, uh, is, is fifth. Lowry is six. So he'll be climbing up the ranks. He'll pass Barnani uh, this year. So that'll be a little bit better. At least he'll be in the top four. And then Jose Calderon with, uh, more than 5,000 points. So yeah, that's, uh, uh, obviously the Raptors history is better lately, but still not, uh, not, not a lot of guys, you know, up on, uh, above 5,000 points. Yes. Which, you know, which for new yeah, franchises is, is somewhat, you, know, you
0: obviously don't want the junkyard dog in like your top 10 or whatever. I, I don't know if he actually is, but <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, as, as, time goes on, they, uh, they'll, they'll work that out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Next, uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, who's uh, not, so, no one should be surprised about this. Picard Malone with um, uh, 36,374 points, 25.4 points per game. That is uh, first in over overall points and eighth in points per game. Uh, very clearly the best player in franchise history, although Stockton obviously uh, paired along with him. You know, the all time combo that they had is, you know, is uh, not too far from uh, that him in terms of greatness. Um, they actually have four players with uh, more than 10,000 points for the franchise Adrian Dantley did it as well in the early 80s and Daryl Griffith from 81 to 91 as well uh, also uh on the uh, top 10 list is uh, thorough Bailey uh, Andre karolinko Pete Maravich Gord haywood of course who just left with over 8000 points uh, Darren Williams with uh, 75 100 points and uh, Mehmet Okora with uh, <laughs> 7,200 points. So, um, interesting, uh, interesting list to yeah, guys Yeah, your active there.
0: leaders, uh, Derek Favors at 19. He's got 5,128, uh, averages about 12, 12.1 points per game. Uh, this is going to be a little tricky for him. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's only 31,248 away. Uh, so even if we assume he goes back to his That's career up. high output of a, a little of a little over 1100, uh, which is a few years ago, he's about 28 seasons away from uh, from a lone spot. So uh, he is probably the only about two seasons away from the top 10 uh, and given sort of what's happened with the jazz and, 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 you know, assuming he you know gets a little bit healthy, I think he can get in that top 10 uh, before it's all said and done, but I don't uh, do not think he is going to uh, be taking over Carmelo's spot. So,
1: Yeah, not so much. He shoot for Pete Maravich. That's definitely (laughs) possible. He's about 3,000 points behind Pete. So yeah, over three or four years, that's that's definitely a possibility. Uh, In our final franchise, the uh, Washington Bullets slash Wizards franchise, and the leader is uh, Elvin Hayes with uh, 15,551 points, uh, 21.3 points per game. He's 14th in points per game, 22nd in points overall. I would say it's either him or Wes Unseld in terms of the best player in franchise history, depending on uh, what you uh, measure. They had their greatest success with them uh, together. They also made a finals with just Unseld and um, – and um, uh, um, uh, gosh, I- I'm blanking. Black magic. Uh, point guard. Um, Wait, what's point? <laughs> what?
0: uh, Earl Monroe. Oh, there we go. OK. I was – I was, I was- I sure you were
1: – Yes, Earl Monroe. Sorry. Oh, jeez. So anyway, uh getting late for us. And <laughs> uh, um so uh but what's really interesting here to me is that they are the only franchise without a two thousands player in their top six. And in fact they don't even have a nineties player in their uh top six. Um and Jeff Malone is the only eighties player um in their uh top six. He's number two from eighty-four to nineteen ninety. So um uh, John Wall is seventh on this list. He's uh, and he's going to you know be shooting up the uh, ranks soon, which I'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But that's uh, uh, really interesting that you know most of the players who had the great success, you know, that we're talking about the guys, you know, in the. Uh, in the '60s to '70s, or you know, in the, the obviously Hayes and Unseld in those years, and Phil Schoenier in the uh, the '70s years when they were at their peak, ending with the uh, the '79 finals loss.
0: Uh, yeah, it's kind of a interesting franchise in that respect. Yeah, that, that, that there isn't anybody that you don't get. You know. A, a, um you know, many people from those different, yeah, but it, it's, I think it speaks, like you said, that they haven't really been great <laughs> in quite a while, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just an interesting history of the, the franchise. It's been around for quite a while, but uh, yeah, it doesn't really necessarily have, you know, a, a super, you know, a ton of great eras. It was like, you know, they have a few little blips here and there, but for the most part, and especially the past few years, it's been better, but it still hasn't been, you know, quite great, and they haven't really been uh, that uh, top, top tier franchise in, in, quite a while. But, uh, active leader though, uh, doing his best to, to get the Wizards back on track is John Wall. Uh, and he'll likely crack the top four this season, and he certainly has a chance at the, the franchise record. He's about one, uh, 6,132 points behind, uh, Hayes. So, uh, he could break the record in about four seasons, uh, if all things go well, which, eh, you know, for John Wall, I feel like they should. So, uh, and he seems pretty committed to that franchise. So, I, I think when it's all said and done, uh, he will be the franchise leader and, and, and probably, uh, pretty easily, Be considered one of the best players in in that franchise's history, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes over the next few seasons.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we talked about him as a contender for the top three already, and um, and and, you know, kind of right up there. Yeah. Uh, So, so the list I forgot to mention: Jeff Malone was second at eleven thousand points, Unseld third at over ten thousand, then uh, Kevin Lockery, Gus Johnson, uh, Phil Chenier, Wall at seventh, and then Walt Bellamy at. at eighth, uh, and then uh, uh, guys who you might expect to be higher on the list, but didn't really play there all that long, are Gilbert Arenas at ninth, and uh, Anton Jamison at tenth, who both are close to nine thousand points in uh, franchise history. And obviously, Arenas, you know, had his knee injuries and then other uh, issues that kind of kept him away from. You know, they did have that kind of that return to relevance during the Arenas uh, Jamison Butler era, but that unfortunately for them uh, didn't <laughs> nope. work. But yeah, things are they're doing doing pretty well now. Yeah, so things, yeah. are, things are going
0: <laughs> better. But uh, yeah, a, a few. A little fun facts overall of this list of things I was kind of looking at. Uh, you know, we, we were kind of talking about overall, you know, the top scores that we consider undoubtedly the best players. So there were quite a few where we said, ah, eh, maybe, or, you know, he has a case or whatever. But guys that we were like, no doubt, yes, this is the top one. Uh, there was only 12 that I counted. And, and are you kind of surprised by it being as low as it was?
1: That's interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, and the number would be higher um, again, like if
0: we counted the, yeah, he probably is. But I was thinking of like guys who were like, nope, boom, he's definitely it.
1: Okay, yeah, as far as definite, I mean, it's, about, it's a little more than a third of the uh, league. Yeah, that is a little bit surprising, actually, and I think about it. I, mean, I I do think of scoring as a... Um yeah, I, I think it's the most important thing that you can do. There are very few great players who have you know been able to be you know incredibly effective without you know having the ability to score you know at a high volume, at a high efficiency, you know all that good stuff. Um, you know, the, the, those that's truly kind of the rare cases where you're you're not like a Bill Russell, you know, for example, he still scored fifty points per game. So, um. Yeah, that is a little bit surprising. I would have expected it to be a little bit more than that, at least, you know, like maybe 20 sure. or so. So the fact that it's only, you know, 12 there. I mean, obviously those guys are – you know, if if they're not there, they're fairly close to the. They're you know they're in the top you know three or four generally, or you know maybe they didn't have longevity there, but they have a high amount of points per game. But yeah, that is a little bit of a surprise.
0: And far some other you know fun facts here: highest point per game average uh, the the among the leading scorers is Wilt, uh, Michael Jordan, Kareem, and the lowest point per game average among the leading scorers is Del Curry, Mike Conley, and David West. So not a huge surprise there. Uh, kind of the early franchises and a little bit more of the charter franchises all in the highest. So just a little fun names there, but uh, yeah, uh, pretty fun to kind of. Uh, fun little exercise to kind of go through all these.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed this one. This was, uh, entertaining. So hopefully, uh, people, uh, i Got to uh, learn a few things here. Hopefully we uh, settled some uh, some Hornets history uh, issues there. I feel like it's never going to be settled. We're always going to get a bit confused by it. but um, And people are always going to be like, you shouldn't get confused by it. And then I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. It's confusing. But anyway, Baron Davis. Baron Davis got screwed by uh, the fact that we had to change Hornets
0: yeah, history. Yeah, exactly. So. We do it for Baron. That's what We do it for Baron. So, I mean, come yeah,
1: on. We're doing it for Baron. Yes. Yes. Um, I would do anything for Baron, <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we should, uh, what, what should we do to, uh, support the, uh, over and back a classic NBA podcast? Oh, there's right. plenty.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at over and back NBA. You can go on Facebook as well. Over and back NBA. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google play and wherever you get your podcasts as well. You just search over and back, uh, or look up over and back NBA, subscribe to us. And then of course ratings, cause that's our sustenance. If you don't rate us, we, uh, we feel unloved and, um, uh, we need to be loved. Because we, uh, we have very fragile egos. So make sure you go on there on iTunes, a group of wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, make sure you're subscribing. And then of course, make sure you're giving us a review because that makes us very, very happy. Uh, and also you can see some of our work, uh, on the step back as well. We're doing some, uh, some written stuff as well. We should be doing a lot more throughout the season as well. So, uh, go to fanside.com, go to the step back, the NBA vertical, and you'll find our written content as well, as well as, you know, links to the, uh, the podcast as well. But of course, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, definitely the best places to get at us and, and discuss stuff. And you have a little fun project going on too that I think people should follow
1: yeah uh, follow um, on Twitter uh, NBA 20 years ago and it's a uh uh, basically just ca- kind of recording what's happening in the uh, NBA uh, 20 years from the uh, date of the uh, tweet. So uh, obviously we're in the midst of the 1997 offseason right now. So we're uh, tweeting about some fun stuff uh, going on during that time and some, uh, some good countdowns and some nice fun, fun vid- video clips and kind of experimenting with uh, what exactly we're going to do with that. We're also going to be incorporating uh, what was happening 20 years ago into the uh, podcast. So we'll be doing some 1997-98 uh, 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 themed uh, episodes. As the uh, season develops, so we'll have some fun with uh, that as well, including uh, that will be exclusive. We'll also be doing uh, other things as well, but we'll be incorporating that into it. So it should be uh, an enjoyable time. All right, well, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out, and we'll be back again soon. <laughs>